Hello, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the podcast. Hope you're having a great summer, a nice hot July. Here I am in New York City, up in Harlem, southwest Harlem, a couple blocks from Central Park. It's beautiful here. One of the things about Harlem that people don't know about is that there's really no super tall buildings. Uh, there's one on 125th Street. It's an office building. It's probably about, uh, I don't know, 20 stories or so. But that's it. Uh, then I see across town from my studio, I see across town there's a big high rise. Looks like around 130th Street on the east side. But you can see for miles from West Harlem because uh, I guess the zoning, they don't allow these buildings to be too big. So even the, you know, there's not that many corporations up here. It's residential and the residential Homes are pretty much, uh, you know, 12 floors and less. So I'm looking out of the studio window from the west side all the way across Manhattan and see the ripples of heat, the heat waves out there. So anyhow, I hope you're having a great summer. Uh, This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be their best, everyone wins. Yes, the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio. We've got just about 300 podcasts in the books now, and uh, we hope you're enjoying it. And uh, you can listen to all of our podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio. Today, we have a very special guest, a breakup expert. She's a relationship expert, but her focus is on breaking up, and she's quite well known in the area. And her name is Chelsea Lee Trescott, and she's going to be connecting with us in a few moments. And until then, we're going to chat a little bit about how's your summer going and have you kept your New Year's resolution and things like that. You know, it's amazing. I've mentioned this a few times, but I have actually kept my New Year's resolution this year. I am on what I have developed called the process of elimination diet. And what that is, is every week, and I'm making myself the uh, laboratory rat for this. For a whole year. Every week, I give something up. And invariably, it's something that's not good for me. And then in the next week, I add something else to it. And it's really been amazing. And I really, I can't stop talking about it because, first of all, I've, it's taken me six, seven months now. Uh, I've lost over 15 pounds and I'm pretty, pretty good shape to begin with. So, uh, 15 pounds and it's off. So I'm not bouncing up and down. Like, you know, you do a fast or a cleanse or something and then you lose weight and then you gain it right back. And so what I've done is just eliminate once a week, every Sunday morning, I decide what am I going to give up? And when I give something up, that's not for the week, it's for the remainder of the year. So it's additive. So I have given up 25 things this year. And, uh, you know, it's everything from rice pudding, potato puffs, ice cream, Alcohol. I did that week one. Alcohol is a biggie. So anyhow, I'm at it. And what's the interest, most interesting part about it is because you're just giving up one thing a week, you kind of forget about the other things. If you're committed to doing something and when you're committed to a goal, you can always achieve it. So when you're committed to this and I'm committed to it, I know that I just have to get through the week not having that last thing I've given up knowing that the following week I'm going to have to give something else up and my focus goes there and on and on it goes. So I have a lot of foods in the bank, if you will, that I'm not eating anymore. And most of them are, I'm noticing they're like high, simple carbohydrates, simple sugars, uh, dessert type things, 
sugary things, super salty things, things that really aren't good good for you. I haven't I haven't get, gotten to pizza yet. That's coming because uh, I'm with my son for most of the summer and he likes pizza, so it's hard for me to sit there and watch him eat pizza day after day because he loves it. <laughs> so that is the process elimination diet. So, uh, you know, summer, we got a lot of dating when it comes to summer, and uh, sometimes we have a good run of it, and sometimes things don't go so well. So when it don't go, the things don't go so well, then you got to move on, and there's a lot of summer loves where, you know, you're, you're here and you're there and a lot of hit and run stuff goes on. And for some reason, because there's less clothes on and the weather's warm and people keep moving and people keep eating and drinking and having fun and frolicking that there's a lot of dating going on and people jump from partner to partner. And of course you got to be safe when you play, but also, uh, there's some breakups along the way. Now, sometimes in the summer, they're not official breakups. You just keep moving like a shark through the water. These daters are these swinging swingles. They just keep moving along from one partner to the next. But ultimately when relationships get serious, you're apt to be in a position where it's either you're going to make it or you're not going to make it. And if you look at an aggregate on all the relationships that have ever been, most of them fail. Right. So let's say you're married and you've been married for 10 years or something. Well, you know what? You probably went out for with, 30, 40, 50 people, who knows? And none of those worked out. So most of your relationships failed. Well, it depends, I guess, on how you how you uh, look at failure. Is a failure uh, uh, that you broke up or is failure that you just had a lousy relationship? You could say that a relationship was a success even though you both moved on because sometimes people grow in different directions and you don't want to be together anymore. And it can be a win-win. A lot of times, though, somebody feels like they're losing or it's a loss. And that's when it becomes difficult. So we've got a special expert on our show today, Chelsea Lee Trescott. I'm going to bring her on in a minute or two. And uh, we'll check in from her area of expertise as to the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the rounds of breaking up and how you can move on from there. You live, you learn, and what you can take from a breakup moving forward. Whenever I had a breakup, I always thought, okay, of the good times, the good things. And I've always appreciated those things about different partners. I don't have no malice against any of past partners. I recently celebrated a wedding anniversary of eight years and, you know, marriage isn't easy. It's no, it's, it's no cakewalk. You got to do some, I'll put it in quotes, work. You, You have to pay attention that's for sure, particularly if you're a guy, because women get into the details and guys don't, and it always becomes a problem. And, uh, you know, the first time I asked my wife at the time, she wasn't my wife, about our relationship, it was about three dates in. I was having such a good time, and I think she was also. And I said to her, what do I need to do to be a good boyfriend? And she said, pay attention. And I said, anything else? And she said, No. And to this day, I still get that thrown in my face every now and then, usually deservedly. But my wife, uh, as the representative representative for women right now in my in my uh, romantic life, uh, she likes to point out when I don't pay attention. Sometimes saying that my attention span is about 20 to 30 seconds. <laughs> 
dealing with her. And I said, Hey, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to be solving your problems. I don't want to, I want, I'm listening. I'm, I'm actively listening. And she's like, no, you're not. So that, you know, people get into discussions on that stuff. Uh, we're not breaking up or anything, but it, you know, every relationship has their communication issues. So anyhow, sometimes things go down the drain and you, you got to break up and uh, there's ways to do it. You know, people nowadays there's ghosting and you know, they disappear or they're mean to the other person or they troll them or whatever. None of that's cool. So we're going to talk to Chelsea about that in a minute. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a very quick break, and then we will bring our special guest, Chelsea Lee Trescott, onto the show. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you back to the podcast. As I mentioned earlier, you can listen to all Guys Guys Radio podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes. They're all for free. You can download. If you want to help out, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That's that simple. My novel is The Guys Guys Guide to Love. That started everything. That's the source material for the whole Guys Guys movement which is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Hey, the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio, but it's not really like the man show. It is for guys, and it's also for women, too, who want to know about guys. And, uh, you know, it's not about beer and booze and boobs and football. The show is much more than that. We like all those things, but the show is much more from about how men can be at their very best and how, how women can help men be at their best and how, how we can all learn from each other. So let's talk. Let's introduce our guest now. She's a trained certified solution focused life coach chelsea lee trescott she is a breakup coach also who has landed her the moniker of the go-to guide for reframing heartbreak into empowerment for her clients that she works with all around the world her professional perspective has been featured all over the place psychology today britain company red book bustle reader's digest huffpo insider msm best life She's a podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak, an advice columnist with the HuffPo, the founder of Break Upward. Who knows? Maybe I'll get invited on her podcast. And it's a movement. Break Upward is a movement encouraging men and women to use heartbreak and setbacks as opportunities to launch themselves to a greater level. Um, you know, I really like that because uh, I was just reading this book, and it, all it talks about is how pain and how the things that sometimes are uncomfortable that happen to us are, are gifts and connect us to source and we should really appreciate them and uh, discover our real, you know, the, the aspect of our love and part of source from the pain we go through because actually us moving through that pain actually helps everybody else helps raise the vibration. So with that in mind, let us bring Chelsea Lee Trescott onto guys, guys radio. Hello there, Chelsea. How are you? Hey, Robert. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit? Let's start at the beginning, and then we'll move into some specific questions. Uh, but how you kind of decided that breakups would be your kind of sweet spot? You know, I, I'm trying to think of, like, something that I haven't told someone before about it. And something that people always ask me is that I must be so good at breakups. And the point was that I never was. You know, I would always hold on way too long. I say like a three and a half year relationship of mine should have lasted mm-hmm. two weeks. Right. And I've been there. Some, I've been there. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think most people have, you know, you know, intuitively that you should let go or, you know, that the relationship has, has phased out. It's all that it should have been. And you keep on trying to reach to what it was in the beginning. I see that all the time. So something that happened to me, I guess, which is really at the core of why I became a breakup coach is that when I went through my first long distance breakup, my first breakup in college, I was alone for the first time. And during that period, which was now like 12 years ago, I ended up having an eating disorder that left me at like 82 pounds. And at the time, this guy, my best friend, came to my rescue and I got better. And I always kind of felt like, well, maybe if I had had a boyfriend, I would have had more self-respect. So I went through all these years of every time I moved to a new city, I'd get a new boyfriend. And by the end of like, by 10 years out, I found out after I was in my master's, I had a three and a half year relationship that I was a hundred pounds again. And it wasn't intentional at all. And I realized that without even trying, the very thing that I thought was going to save me had destroyed me again. I had been using relationships to take care of me when I was never able to take care of myself. And I realized that to really save myself, I had to become someone that knew how to break up, knew when how to break up, and wasn't so reliant and dependent on others. And at the time, I was looking for, like, who could I go to? And the reality is I felt like I had no one outside of this boyfriend that I became my best friend that was breaking my heart. And my sister went into rehab, my twin sister, and that was kind of my pathway into self-development. And everything changed from there. And I just became the person I needed to be, which I think is a very kind of entrepreneurial thing. And then sure. you see a place in the market where you say, I'm not the only one that needs this. And there was a real opening. I mean, there's so many dating coaches, matchmakers, even business coaches. Like, and I realized, how can you be good at business if you're like wrapped up in the pain of a breakup? And I thought it was all kind of together. And I realized that yeah, I, I could be that person for someone. I could sit in the pain and I had been there. I really understood the fear. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I had a boss one time. I was working as a consultant and uh, he he was dating. He's very, uh, very attractive. Uh, she was an on-air uh, personality on one of the local news stations here in New York. And he used to send her uh, like roses every day. And But it was a drama. It was a very drama-filled relationship. And when he would have a bad day with the relationship, everybody in the small company would suffer because he couldn't right. compartmentalize it. And it happens way too often that people drag their personal garbage around with them and uh, everybody else has to be subjected to, the, to that. So what, uh, what are the signs that um, people should look for uh, if they're trying to determine, should I stay or should I go? You know, I think you brought up such a good point about how you drag your story into everyone else's life. And I'll just be totally transparent. Like I saw it with myself is that I would, every time I came across someone, I would like regurgitate all the issues I was having. And I was always someone that could go to who I was with about it. And it started creeping out. And I say that sometimes when someone is always talking about who they're with, to the people that are around them, it's not really that they're boasting. It's that they're trying to feel more connected to them either by talking about them all the time or they're trying to solve the issue. And I think it's something you should really look out for is if you can't go anywhere without talking about the person you're with because mm -hmm. it's taking you away from the present, you know? And so I think that's a sign. I think that I think that honestly, it's like a, it can be a very physical experience, right? Sometimes people use sex. 
finally feel kind of confirmed that they're in love with someone. So if you start realize that you're using like intimacy to always try to kind of bridge the gap and to kind of reaffirm or to show you, to snap you awake, like I do love this person, I do feel connected with them. If you're using just any one experience to try to to hone it in, like to show you that you love someone, I think that's a problem because it has to kind of, it needs to exist in more than one area of your life. And people do use sex to kind of show them that they love someone. Sure. And, and uh, that yeah. only goes so far. Absolutely. And another sign is, I think, the, just the underlying anxiety. There's an underlying anxiety or even if there's like a suspicion, a, a desire to kind of have someone affirm to you all their time their love, sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's this desire to remind you that you should be loving someone. And so it looks like it's for you, that you need to know that someone is connected to you, but it's because you really feel disconnected from them. It kind of sounds like, Chelsea, that the the real issue to what you do is you help people with their self-love because it all seems to stem from there. Is that accurate? I love that you say that because, you know, it is. You know, a a lot of people that come to me, they'll be like in tears that they finally have to reach out to a breakup coach because they feel like it's so definite, right? But the reality is it, it always it goes beyond the person that they're with right now. It really is about self-love and self-reliance. They feel like they don't know how to rely on themselves anymore. And, of mm-hmm. course, that plays exactly into love. And, and in a way, not having trust that they can love themselves appropriately. Because if you extend something too long, you start losing faith in your own ability to watch out for yourself, to look out for yeah, yourself. Great point. And I think mm-hmm. that goes into love. You know? So um, I, I'm going to take a guess that the majority, if it's over 50%, that doesn't mean everybody, the clients are, are female because females are more in, in touch with their feelings and they take these things, uh, they get into the details with guys, they don't share uh, their, you know, their stuff that much with, uh, with uh, coaches or with each other. A lot of men are kind of lone wolves. Uh, so if that's the case, first of all, tell me if that's true. And secondly, what are, when, when these ladies come to you, what, what are the main reasons that uh, the breakups are happening? I'm sure there's myriad of reasons, but you, I'm sure you must hear certain things over and over again. Right. So I don't know if it's 50%. Someone asked me this recently, and I thought it was closer to maybe 70. I mean, no, no, it was, it was under 50%. So it's, it's, I don't know the exact percentage, but I will say that people would be shocked by the amount of men that I do receive as clients and that at okay. least at the very least reach out to me. So, and I, and, and I used to only want to work with men. Originally I thought I would only work with men mm-hmm. and, but why do women, there is a difference about why they reach out to me, but I'll start with why women reach out. They always reach out because they're so invested in the story. You know, they want to be the exception to this to certain things so they go into the details you mentioned that earlier but women want you to pay attention to like the story right and they're always about the details and I think people get really kind of wrapped up in the details that it makes them different from everyone but I would Mm -hmm. say overall everything kind of boils down to the same thing and it's the fear that um, the fear of like inadequacy and that they just they don't trust that they can make the right decisions for themselves but a trend that I've seen recently, so I'll just go off of like with the last 
you know, five clients that have come to me has actually been like related to sex. So, so various things about sex that they don't, and I don't think that's the main issue, but that's what brings them to me about why they think the relationship may need to end is they don't think that they think like compatibility, compatibility wise, it's so off. So one woman that came to me she had only been, she'd been married once. She had been with one man in her life. And now the guy she's dating now is very emotionally distant. And actually he had been like with escorts a lot. He had used a lot of porn in, inside his own romantic relationships. And she kind of just wanted someone to tell her, does it correlate? Do I feel, and does it even matter? I, but I feel like I've always placed a lot of importance around intimacy and, and this man holds back too much and he has the stories that quite frankly kind of intimidate me and okay, that's, that's understandable sure and then um, yeah okay so um, when it's at the point where it's like that's it what what do you recommend what are you hearing happens nowadays and what do you recommend as ways that it should be taken care of when it's time I don't to always yeah so I don't audio. always recommend I don't always recommend that people immediately break up. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's, so I'm not always like, I'm not the person that someone is just like the exit strategy, but for those that are, it's about like really owning the fact that reminding them of when they've been able to live their own life because they kind of fear that they're going to have no life. So one of my last, my very last client said she didn't believe that she was going to be able to have a life out away from this boyfriend. And yet she was the very person that was providing him with the life. He never had a social life. She was all of that. So it's reminding her that, wait a second, you are always living. You're the one that's providing this person with the options to even live. And so I, the thing is that women, I find, need someone that's just going to help them follow through on it. They're going to help them make a decision and carry it out and not return. So I try to be that person for them, that I kind of, you know, I talk them through clarity. Then we make a, a kind of decision. I help them make the decision, whatever it is, and help them do it, commit to it, and then help them start, you know, rebuilding their lives. And reminding them that it doesn't always have to be rebuilt, that they've had a lot of resources all along that are going to fulfill them. And um, what do you run into? Uh, I'm sure you do issues where you know, women want to end it and the guy's like, no way. And they're kind of controlling and it becomes a it kind of kind of kind of gets stuck. And the woman gets a little panicky about that because it's like, oh, no, I can't get away. What do you tell them to do? When someone can't get away, I think that like. I think that there's just a point in time when if you've decided that the relationship needs to end, it needs to just be about you. It's no longer a two-way conversation in terms of really taking into the account what they say you should be doing for your life and for the relationship. That doesn't mean I think you should ever cut someone off and not provide them with your reasons for leaving something, but I think you have to get to a point that you're not depending on what they're saying at a certain time. So you've literally made a decision. You're not asking questions anymore. When I was trying to put like kind of a plan in place with this woman that was married, she didn't know how to do it, but he wouldn't stop, like you're saying, kind of trying to talk her back into it. And right. you know, there is ways not to be talked back into it. It's by stating exactly what you're going to do. It's saying what you're going to do. You're not asking questions anymore. This is, and, and you have, mm-hmm. it's something that, that you have to be firm on. And you have to trust and you know, promise yourself that you are going to commit to this. 
this new behavior. Okay. Which is difficult, what, you know. Sure. What's the biggest difference between the guys you work with and the women? The biggest difference is like women come to me about why something happens. And men come to me about how they can either make something happen with a woman that's kind of rejected them or how they can make a breakup happen for them. So they're much more focused on how. And a woman, for most of the coaching, it's about why. Why this has been done to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I had mentioned earlier in my intro, I'm reading this book about, uh, uh, it's called Everything's Here to Help You by one of our guests on Guys Guys Radio, a guy by the name of Matt, Matt Kahn, who channels a lot of stuff. And one of the things he says in the book is that, you know, when people go through painful physical or emotional experiences, it's actually a gift that connects them. If you, if you go through it from a soul perspective versus an ego perspective, mm-hmm then you have the opportunity of uh, getting through it the right way by appreciating it that as a lesson, if you will, or something to achieve where you are uh, you ultimately, by raising your own frequency, if you will, that you help everybody else. And if everybody approached things from this kind of soul perspective, that things would be a lot better. Now, I don't want to get too, uh, you know, uh, metaphysical about it, but I think some of that is kind of in your work when you talk about thanking their heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that like when it's your ego, you're really restless to make it right, you know, and especially not to lose someone, not to feel like someone ever changed their mind about you. But if you take it as, if you take, for example, being ghosted as like a dare to your soul, right? Not yeah. as something that's a personal thing, but that someone else is dealing with something in a way that you never would deal with it. And you're realizing that, that what you're so upset about and reacting to is not about the personal attack. It's just that it's a sign of something that the way you would never want to live. And you take mm-hmm. that and you run with it. You have, you start to recommit to your character, to your values, how you're going to treat people, how you're going to handle something on the way out. And it's a dare to your soul. And so that's absolutely where I try to shift the focus is that realizing that all these, these are just opportunities. If you resist the opportunity, you're going to stay in the misery and you're going to become really bitter about love. And that was a big point of me becoming a breakup coach and even the podcast is I don't want to see more people bitter, untrustworthy, untrustworthy and resistant and suspicious about love because of one person, right? And I think that everything is an opportunity to, I say it, is to make you a more meaningful, relatable human being. If you use it as a way that, like, if I start to understand and process these things, I could learn how to talk to anyone because I think that people want to talk, honestly, from the point of their wound. And they want to talk about how they become strong through that. And if I could get people to feel not shameful about what happened to them, and to feel like that empowered and it was kind of a mission that they had to overcome. I think that, you know, there'd be less fear surrounding love and not even love, just being on your own. Mm-hmm. Now you're, a, uh, I can tell, and I applaud you. You're a very passionate person and you're passionate about your work. How do you uh, factor in and weave in the role of uh, kind of keeping it light sometimes when we're dealing with some of these issues? I mean, ultimately I always like to say, you know, why would anybody, want to be with somebody who really doesn't want to be with them. 
uh, you're, you're devaluing yourself. So how do you kind of uh, give people a wake-up call uh, and put a smile on their face when it's time to say sayonara? I love that you say that, this, because I think that something about me is that, like, I come across, and just through my work, my writing, of course, the subject matter, as a very, like, in a way, very serious person. But when I talk to people, like, of course, it's immediately an intimate conversation, but I'm really playful with people. So I think that's the way. And whether it's through conversation, I mean, obviously, it's more effective in person, but I have a playful spirit about me. And there's a level of, of softness that I come to think that that I think makes people feel lighter about things. So I don't know. There, there is a way. I can't think of really an example, but there is a humor to me. And just because there's a lightness in my approach to things. I mean, I'm, a, I'm intense and passionate, like you said, about the topic. But I also know how to be playful with people about the situation that they're in. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's why I'm in coaching, because it's not clinical. It can be a form of banter back and forth. And I can also use my own stories to to kind of bring people out of themselves. Okay. Okay. Why why would you advise, why and when would you advise people to hire a breakup coach like yourself? I don't know of any others, but why would, when, when, when and why would they hire you? So when would be... If they're at the crossroads and they feel like they don't have one clarity about whether they should do it, they feel like they're being impulsive, like maybe, yeah, just maybe they're being impulsive or that they simply do not have the courage to let go. And then also, you know, I've helped people that it was 10 years after the fact. One of my clients, she had been, you know, abused before, physically abused, and she kept that inside for 10 years. It was the first person she told. And she needed to talk about that situation in order to start dating wiser. You know, so it's not always that it's like in the relationship or 10 days after, you know, because of the nature of dating these days, which I'm sure because you talk to so many people about this, there's, there's band-aid relationships and there's again, compulsive, compulsively dating. And it's a reaction to your ex. So you never get to the heart of, Kind of the thing that you needed to learn, not really about the other person, though, of course, that's important, but about yourself, why you chose someone. So I don't think it's ever a wrong time to talk to someone. You know, a breakup coach is about, you know, the fear of loss. And I think that whether if you're in a relationship that's even good, there's fears about loss, you know, mm-hmm. fear of you losing yourself. So, of course, a breakup coach screams that something's going to be like over with. But I think that if even like, I want to be over this pattern that I keep playing out in a relationship or I want to be able to stay in my relationship, but I need to break up with a side of myself that lashes out or leads, you know, becomes too suspicious or, or is jealous. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. Um, so, you know, there's the aspect of the breakup, which, uh, how do you, uh, but I think probably after the breakup is equally as important in terms of somebody getting on, with life and getting back into the mix. And I, it's interesting because I was, uh, I do a guest columnist thing where I get a question and it's like a, he said, she said, and, uh, one of the questions coming up was, uh, uh, you know, if somebody just broke up with their boyfriend and, uh, they're dating somebody else and they want to know, is it right to keep their social media photos of their past Mm -hmm. relationship up on 
you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything. And, uh, you know, my answer was take it down. You, oh, you know, you're sending, out the, you're sending out the wrong signal. So how do you, you know, how do you work with your clients post breakup and moving on? Because you don't want people carrying their baggage around when they're getting ready. You know, if you're available, you have to send out the signals that says I'm available, not like here's my history. Oh, my God, but I'm such a different person. I mean, again, I have to really look at someone's personality and kind of in their own unique situation. But I know that with myself, and, again, people do come to me because they're like, I want to be softer, I want to be braver, I want to be bolder. And a lot of that is about not having to disregard your history. I mean, my ex, I I can't, in a way, I can't believe I'm being put through it because he knows what I stand for, but deleted every single picture, every single picture, after I broke up with him and it was shocking to me. It did shock me because I think part of me that I try to help people with is to not have to forget or hide their past and to be able to use it as something that like is, that builds them up. It's created who you are. So I'm someone that, you know, I'm a nostalgic person. I'm a writer too. So I always, I am talking about my past and my relationships. And I don't think it should intimidate someone that I've been in a relationship before and this is kind of what it looked like. Um, mm-hmm. That's fair. But, I understand. Yeah. I mean, my, my point was that in my perspective is that, you know, you, that's true. But if you, if you moving forward, the person who you're dating, when they, they're going to check out your social media Instagram, right, probably yeah. a regular basis and they're going to see like, oh, what, what do I want to look at him for? I mean, is she with me now or she is with, with him? And, to me, you can have your memories without having them posted all over Facebook. So I think I've it's a personal deleted. decision. But but I think people tend to take things, uh, you know, through their own personal lens, and they might think, well, she's not really with me. She's still got this guy. What, what What's going on here? So it's just like, to me, mm-hmm. it's better to be safe that way. But I could well, be wrong. You provide, you provide a lot of insight because – Um, I ended up asking my ex-boyfriend like why he deleted the pictures and I thought kind of like you're saying that it was a way of like clearing out the energy and showing someone that he is just a single dad that's available for a woman and he said that it was too painful to look at the pictures Mm -hmm. so I don't know you know is it that or is it also to invite someone new into your life I'm someone that the pictures are I would going guess to that. remain. Yeah, I would guess that. I would guess it was uh, the the latter. Inviting a new woman into your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I wish someone could be honest. I wish someone could be honest about that. I wish someone could just be honest. You know. Right. So. Um, yeah. Okay. I think, interesting interesting yeah. topic, though. Um, let's just take. I just want to double back to this whole ghosting thing where. You know, even ghosting is such a phenomenon now in a bad way that people in business ghost other companies now. Having worked in the advertising industry, I had a client who was a regular client and monthly fee, and we did great work for them, and they ghosted us. And it's like, what? And this this happens. So doing this with relationships, a lot of it's because the technology and online and apps, and you just don't want to face up to the person, and you just want to you know, move, move on. But there's something called common courtesy, which uh, seems to be in, in demand 
these days and uh this this behavior this ghosting uh it's me it's like it's it's no it's, it's a non it's a non-player so what's your sense of the the ghosting thing what do you what do you hear about that from your clients are they getting just dumped and nobody says anything they just poof they disappear are you getting a lot of that Absolutely. And there's so much agony around it. And there's also because people come in and they don't have like a clear reason. They think the person's going to return. So they kind of want to like, they want to not completely hate on this person because they want to remain open because they're not even sure if they really left. And so I think that like what I've seen is some people end up ghosting, at least, you know, in dating, because they don't want to close down the option. If they had to say goodbye or I'm no longer interested, it would be a definitive no. But by just like leaving, there's always a little bit of a door open to come back in, which people do that ghost. And, yeah. and to make That's up a so story lame. or not to say anything mm-hmm. at all. And, and when they're ready in their mind, either for you know, the, you know, the boost of the ego or if they're actually ready for a relationship, they feel like they have a way in. But from a moral side and from a character standpoint, it's completely like unacceptable. I mean, I always tell people that what drives people, what hurts people the most is not knowing why someone did something. So right. this really toys with people's emotions and really their trust in other people because people that are ghosted usually thought like it usually happens when things are going incredibly right it's not like there was just a fight it was not like there was a disagreement so it really screws with people's understanding of why people would give up on you you start to feel like people give up on you when the relationship was at its best yeah a lot of times people have gotten what they wanted out of the relationship and they don't feel like facing up and you know, be respectful and just say, hey, it's not working for me or whatever. They don't want to deal with the pushback. So they figure, well, well I'll just disappear. And I say that I'm not, back I'm not in the condoning day, it by any means. Back in the day, there was like social consequences to this because the right. world was smaller. If you like, if you act over someone, you know, the whole, you know, your whole clique would know about it and your relationship, like your, your dating potential would suffer. But instead nowadays you just go into like a new app or a dating pond and no one has to know what you were capable of. You can mm-hmm. leave like dead bodies in the, in, in the wake and no one has to know that you were that type of person Right. because you go into a new dating pool mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> Well, I know you do a lot of writing, uh, Chelsea, and uh, you did something very provocative, and I love the title of this, uh, How to Wait for a Woman Who Isn't Ready. And I think that's a great topic that a, guy, a lot of guys need some guidance on from a, from a woman. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Wow. Can I just tell you, I've been receiving so many letters about this. You know, I wrote it, you know, a, little, a while ago, and... I don't, I guess you probably don't know any of the backstory. I mean, people that write me and ask no. for an update, they don't know the backstory. So I think it's kind of maybe important to know is a man wrote in about, uh, you know, a woman that was showing, you know, showing interest. They had great like chemistry. And then she started saying that the ex was coming back into her life and she wasn't ready for him and, you know, would Snapchat him and then disappear and he needed help. Well, that guy that wrote in ended up becoming my boyfriend. Wow. Which is, yeah, which is wild. So when he, when he wrote that, I mean, we broke up recently though. So, 
And so now, ever since then, I'm getting all these letters about it. I always have to relive it. But for some, whatever reason, I do find that men need help with this. And part of it is it's always the same story. Like I told you, women have such different stories, and the details are so different. These details are always the same. And I think I say part of what I said in that that advice column is that, you know, you have men, the men that come up when it was about that, that letter and all their letters since, and even the clients I've gotten is they fear that if they are listening to a woman that says she isn't ready, but they've seen signs that she's interested, that believing her and listening to her is a non-action and that men need to act. They don't want to like, you know, you get close to something happening for you and you just don't want to like, you know, let someone go because you feel like they'll ne- you fear that they'll never come back to you, right? That, and I say that a real action from a woman's standpoint is that if she says that she's not ready for you, but she is interested, and if you're believing, like if that's true, you need to believe her. An action from a woman is listening to her and believing what she says. Okay. So, and yeah. Well, you have a lot of uh, interesting things that you write about, and a lot of them come from questions on your website. Somebody writes in, and you write about the, you know, you respond to them. So here, here's one that I picked out that I thought was interesting: how to move on when you see your ex every day. And I guess that could be uh, maybe you work together or something like that. So how do you, how do you advise somebody on that? That's a tricky one. I know, and I and I keep on getting letters about that, and people that read that that really relate. So I think it's a real thing. And I received a letter actually yesterday about that, and and she wrote in. She had been reading that, and hers was, you know, people write in about work. Hers was like she was in school with a person, and I think that a lot of people want to erase someone, right? They want to delete someone on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so in the social media world, you can do that. And yet the wound really is always there. There's always this fear that, like, if you ran into them at a party, that you had to look the other way. So what I tell these people that are seeing them every day, I say you have a real opportunity to overcome this, where so many people want to pretend it never happened, the person didn't exist, they're dead to them. You are faced with seeing that this person is still alive and not choosing you. And that's going – if – you allow that to be the case and to put yourself in front of it, you're going to build up a resilience to the natural like way of life that dating, you know, a lot of people that come into our life are not meant to stay. They're just meant to carry us to the next person. So what I told this person is where the person that was seeing them every day at work, instead of ignoring the person to be able to say something to them, to be able to, to not become paranoid that you're seeing them every day and you have to ignore them. But to even if you're like trembling, to say something, to be able to act like they stu- still exist. And I think that over time you're able to soften into that reality and you're really being the braver person. In these situations that if someone's right in front of you, you have to be the one that acts more bravely and that doesn't mm-hmm. make someone else feel invisible. Got it. Um, here's another one. Um, how to date during heartbreak. And uh, I guess, you know, just my gut reaction on that is, well, if you have heartbreak, be careful before you dive into the deep end of the dating pool, because if you're not ready, 
you 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 could be in for unpleasant surprises, uh, and uh, you could be wasting people's time, and you're wasting your own time because you go out there and you're all bruised and battered emotionally. You're not going to be at your best. So, how did you advise this person? I wish I could remember how I advised all these people. Okay, well, but, well let's, let's um, say they didn't. Oh, whatever. Yeah. How do you how does somebody date during heartbreak? Well, like you said, I think that you, for one, if you haven't if you're still heartbroken, I think that you have to be careful because you could just, what, truly what happens is, is you end up reacting to the last person. So if someone didn't fulfill you in this way or didn't see you in this way, you go find the person that did. And you can kind of go from one extreme to the next. Instead of settling into the lesson and seeing why you chose to be with this person, what you thought that they'd provide you, and kind of wisely choose so it's not about not going out with a man or a woman again but going out and realizing that you're a lot of people are afraid of dating again because they haven't done it with a new person and instead of putting so much pressure on figuring out if this person is the one i think you should just go out and see if someone could be a friend and learn how to talk again so see it as a conversation okay great um, I have an idea, uh, two ideas. First, um, I want to invite you. First of all, thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. I want to invite you to tell everybody what you, about your website, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, et cetera, and all your social media stuff. And then what I usually do every uh, show is uh, after the break, I do uh, a Guys Guys Guide. And uh, um, what I try to do is line up the Guys Guys Guide with at least the uh, – the category of what the, the guest is involved in. So I actually found one of my older blog posts and it's called how to man up for a breakup. So what I thought maybe do something a little different after we take the quick break, if you would stay on, I'll go through the five points and then you can respond to those and we'll see if we can come up with a combined strategy for helping guys to man up to break up. What do you think? I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Okay, well, tell everybody where they can find you, Chelsea. Then we'll take the quick break, and then we'll do that. Awesome. So to get in touch with my coaching website, you can find me at breakupward.com. So that's B-R-E-A-K-U-P-W-A-R-D.com. There's also my services and a shop, so you can you know, check out directly with PayPal or a credit card from my site, so that makes it easy. Then my Instagram is Thank You Heartbreak, and my podcast is Thank You Heartbreak, and that's on Stitcher, iTunes, just the whole gamut. Okay, great. All right, everybody. Uh, this is your host, Robert Manny, Guys Guys Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and Chelsea's going to stay on the line, and we're going to talk about how to, for guys, how to man up to break up. So hang in there. The Guys Guys Radio. All right, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. My special guest, Chelsea Lee Trescott, is a uh, agreed to stay on while I do my guys, guys guide. And this is something I usually pull from one of my 300 plus blog posts on my website, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. But where all the guys, guys material is, you can find everything on there, links to all my social media, to the book, to the podcast, etc. So check it out. And this one is about um, uh, how to man up for a breakup. Uh, you know, breaking up is hard to do. So I put together this list of five things to be mindful of when you're a guy, when you, when you see the end, 
and you want to make it happen, but you want to respect the person. So number one, uh, this is like don't ghost, but number one is be mindful. Think things through before you make your move. I'm referring to how to end a real relationship like a man, not how to disappear into thin air after a Jaeger-fueled one-nighter with a woman you met at a bar at the, after the Rangers game or something. This means that you've dated the woman in question for at least a month. The two of you have done your share of partying and cheat grumpling. And so, you know, you've been into, with her and you want to be a real man about it. And if it's not working out, you're just not feeling it. You want to think your way through this. Like, you know, once you're going to break up, there's no turning back. So you have to really, if, once you've been intimate, you have to think about what you're doing here. So that's number one. Chelsea, feedback? Absolutely. I think that being thoughtful and candid when you're talking to them about it is really important. And when you talk about a breakup, not to go into attack mode, but really to begin with yourself. Talk about why it's not working for you, not what's wrong with them. And own it. You know, own the fact of instead of disappearing, just own who you are. And I think a woman will respect you more if you can be gracious with your exit. And Awesome. Cool. All right, number two, and I, I, it's h- tougher for Chelsea, so bear with us, uh, audience, because um, she doesn't know what I'm going to read. So uh, thank you for hanging in there, Chelsea. Uh, number two, make the break in person and pick the right location. So that means no texting or just phone calls. If You know, it, you know f- do it in a public loca- uh, location. I know it sounds like this is a spy movie or something, but you want to be in a place, I suggest at least, best case scenario, someplace outdoors where there's a crowd, you don't want to sit necessarily face to face in a restaurant, um, you know, cause you, end, you could end up with her radicchio and balsamic vinaigrette dressing, you know, dumped on your shirt. So you have to be uh, someplace where you're hopefully outdoors. There's people around maybe central park where you can sit side by side. You can watch all the good looking people running, walking, biking past the two of you. And everybody sees them. It's a world in motion. There's a lot of people out there and just, just setting a, a tone, a more positive tone. So uh, do it in, person and pick the right location. Chelsea? A world in motion. I think that's important. I've actually suggested a restaurant before, but I think that walking any place that's conducive to a conversation that shows you that people are around you, that breakups don't have to be something where you're falling apart and it's this mean spirit argument where it kind of keeps things leveled and that you're just, it's, you're talking through it. You're not in a rush to do it, but you're, again, you're in motion. Got it. Okay. Uh, number three, be direct and uh, do not place blame. Okay. If she's somebody you've been with, hopefully somebody that you like personally, because who wants to have intimacy with somebody you don't even like? I mean, that makes you kind of a dysfunctional person uh, that you can't manage your hormones or your testosterone enough that you just do it with anybody. You're not like a rabbit. So be direct and don't place blame. Make it about, you know, you don't have to get into the details. You don't have to get into the weeds. Focus on the us and remember that us takes two and don't place blame on her. And don't like, you don't have to patronize her by saying it's no, it's not you. It's me. Uh, just, just be direct though. Get the information out there, but don't point a finger at you or her and make it about us. So I had someone write in to me that was asking about what to do with an ex's feedback because he had made it all about her and she was really rattled by it. And while I think it's great to know someone else's opinion, because maybe you can grow through it, I do think that when you're breaking up, again, that you have to be direct and you have to start with the I. You know, like, so let's say that someone cheated. Instead of being like, you're an alpha person with no morals, you say, mm-hmm. you say cheating makes me uncomfortable 
because of this, and I don't think I could be in relationship because it's something that I would never do to someone else. Got and it. again, it's it's not an attack, but it's you state mm-hmm. why it's not working for you. I love it. Good, good advice. Uh, number four, and I think this is through everything, is be kind. Uh, women don't like getting dumped, and uh, they don't like it a lot more than guys don't like it, uh, because guys have been accustomed, in my opinion, they get more rejection um, than mm-hmm. than women get. Maybe nowadays it's it's, it's different, but um, women really don't like to be rejected, especially if if she shared her body and bared her soul to a guy. Once a woman opens up her emotional window, she can feel vulnerable. So you have to be understanding of that and empathetic with that. And it's important you realize that. that that, that she's, she wants to probably, if she's done all these things, she's probably interested in you. Um, so she wants your happy place to be with her. So uh, just be nice. If, you can, if it's not working for you, be nice. Do whatever you can do not to hurt her anymore. Then she feels like you're already hurting her, even if ultimately you're probably doing her a favor by breaking up if you don't want to really be with her because this way she has more time to find somebody else. And when it's over, that's it. No slinking back for a little something-something when your inner horn doggy wants a treat. When you let her go, let her go. We're on the same page about everything. Um, so that's what I say. I say be compassionate. But also, if you did love someone, if this was someone you loved, I think you should be able to be loving on the way out. I think that's what mm-hmm. true love is, is. Is, you know, they say that you really see who a person is when you no, long, when they, you no longer have any use for them, right? So yep. with that in mind... Treat, you know, be loving to someone that you loved, even when you no longer want to be in love with them anymore. Got it. And last but not least, relax. No matter how bad you may feel, if and when the water of work starts flowing, ultimately she does not want to be with a guy who isn't totally into her. And trust me, if, she, if this woman is as cool as you think she is, she'll shake you off after you leave and move on faster than you think. If she turns on you, brace yourself, be understanding. She may also have issues about letting go. The key is be gentle but firm. And after all, and ultimately, would you want to be with somebody who does not share the same feelings about you? Probably not. And that's the truth. Yeah, you mentioned crying, though. I think that a lot of women hold on to how a guy, when they're breaking up, responds to them crying and them being in pain. And I would just say, you know, don't try to fix them in that moment. Just be present to them as they cry. Don't look away. Don't tell them to stop. Don't tell them that, you know, and don't make it about you. Let it be about mm-hmm. them and try to stay as present as possible to the pain that they're in. Fantastic. Great advice. And listen, uh, it's an honor that you've been on Guys Guys Radio. I think you're doing uh, a service to everybody out there, and I hope you're being taken care of because of that by the universe and also monetarily because you're helping people, and I really respect that, and uh, I, I like you. Uh, you're really doing great work, and it's so much fun speaking with you, and I love the passion you have for helping people. So thank you so much, Chelsea, for being on Guys Guys Radio, and I'm sure our listeners are very appreciative of the great advice you've given today. I'm honored. Thank you so much for letting me go deeper about this issue that I love so much. Thank cool. you. All right, Chelsea. So nice to meet you. Be well. Nice to meet you. Bye. Okay. All right, everybody. That's our show, uh, Guys Guys Radio. Robert Manny, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. Our special guest once again. You want to check her out, Chelsea uh, Prescott. Uh, Trescott, Chelsea Lee Trescott, and uh, she did a great job and uh, a lot of uh, good advice there for everybody. So. 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple of days for another podcast of Guys Guys Radio. And until then, remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply.